Hello and welcome everybody to the Box I Live In podcast with me, Ben Reeve, and my podcast guru, Blake Howard. How are you, Blake? Good, Ben. How are you, mate? Very well. And very excited to be here for another pod as I work through my roller decks or my file facts of people that are interesting for me to talk to. What we've done, we've spoken, well, I've spoken to you, so that was valuable, I think. Um, and Sarah <laughs> spoke to my sister. Now I've gone to somebody that I went to school with. So I'd like to introduce Mr. Tom Hall. Hello, Tom. How's things? Morning. Very well, thank you. I'm very well. Beautiful sunshine here in sunny England. That's it. Um, first of June. So, yeah, very chirpy. Now, Tom is the, are you the managing director or the CEO? What do you call yourself? Um, it depends on the mood and who I'm trying to influence. Sometimes King. I'm the uh, yeah. Sometimes I'm the person that locks up at the end of the day. Other times I'm the chief executive officer and owner. So chief most executive. of the time I sit behind everyone else. You do. Yeah. So Tom Tom is basically the CEO of Alitex, which is um, basically is a very cool company. And I think what we'll do to kick this off with today is. Let's just understand. And, and ultimately, Tom and I have worked, well, known each other for years. And Tom, you've probably been the person that's been on the box journey with me, right? Because you've listened to me talk about this for like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And I think last year when I finally launched, you were as amazed as anybody, right? So I think ultimately, I want to talk all things box with you and we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but let's give us a bit of an overview of the business and what you do, because you are, you've got a very cool business there, right? So what is it you do, Tom? Essentially, we design and manufacture posh greenhouses. Um, which I suppose is a, a, a very much a, a, a UK-based phenomenon insofar as people in the UK just love their gardens, uh, luckily for us. Um, and we produce what I think is the jewel in the crown of the garden, which is the greenhouse. Um, and we're lucky enough to work with people who are very passionate about their gardens. I think people are at their best when they're in their gardens, and so we get to... Uh, work with them and uh, build some stunning structures, um, which people thoroughly enjoy. Just to be clear, we do the design, we do the manufacture, we go into the private gardens and the botanical gardens and, and build these structures for people to have and to and, grow and, and to enjoy. And these are serious greenhouses, right? So there's some in queue and all over the show. So we're kind of like, these are proper growing houses as well, right? So it's, it's yes. top end stuff. <sighs> I would say so. So there is the commercial industry, which is, you know, functionality is everything. And then we're in the, uh, I suppose, a slightly more emotional side of it, where functionality is key, but the aesthetics is absolutely uh, top of the tree. And the Victorians nailed this 150 years ago, uh, much to do with the status. Or, uh, there, was a, there was a status of buying these sort of structures. It it said where you were in society and it allowed you to entertain and bring your flowers and your crops into your house. Nowadays, it's not quite so, uh, I suppose, pompous, but there's still a degree of uh, emotional attachment to what we do. So I know it's great fun. And what's cool about your business, though, is you do design and manufacture it. So, I mean, you've got, what, 80 plus people, but you basically have every aspect of any business you would want to tinker with, right? I mean, so you... Uh, you you come up Absolutely. with it, you make it, you sell it, you count for it, the whole piece. Yeah, I I suppose I've always thought that that stems from the fact I'm a bit of a control freak, but we are very, very fortunate to be involved from the word go. The You know, we, we like to think we plant the idea into the customer's mind and then we engage with them right through the journey, the seed of the idea. 
And then we engage with the creation, the thought, where they're going to put it in their garden. And of course, then we design it, we make it, we paint it, we put it up. We don't plant them out, but we know people who do. Um, so you're absolutely right. I have people in the business who, people who do everything, uh, marketeers, finances, I've got um, engineers, got customer service people, all these sort of things. So I'm very lucky to work with a tremendous mix of people. And for a small business, right? I mean, you're great. I mean, it's big, but it's small in the grand scheme. I mean, you've also got incredible tenure, right? So you've got, and this is the bit I want to get into about the employee engagement and what you do. It's because you've got guys mm. and girls that have been with you for years, right? We do. And I always hesitate because I, I think people stick around because they like it, not because they can't find anywhere else to go. But no, you're right. The longest, the, the, the longest serving employee started in 1974. And we actually had a, uh, a dinner last year, well, early last year before the pandemic kicked in, where we took everyone who'd been in the business um, more than 10 years out for a meal. Um, it turned out that we had over 30, 35 people and the average tenure of those 35 was 22 years. Um, so, yes, we've got people who've been here a long time, but I'm delighted, you know, in the last in the last year, we've actually taken on 25 new people. We're up to 96 employees now. Wow. So we've got a real um, crop of, of um, if you like, fresh-faced people as well, and it's a really nice mix. Um, and interestingly, the people who joined recently, they are fascinated by the history. They are slightly intrigued by business that has been around a long time. You don't often hear that, but um, that mixture of new and old is great. Well, I think it's a nice antithesis to, you know, the modern sort of, you know, company where they start up and two out two years and two months and they disappear and all that kind of stuff. Now, tell me, because I've not obviously we go right back to school. Right. So, you know, you and I have talked a lot about this and I think I know a lot of CEOs of businesses that, you know, there's lots of things that they can spend their time on. But, you know, one of the things you've always been fascinated by and always invested your time in is understanding you know whether it's the psychology of individuals or whether it's how to have those crucial conversations you know you've always invested a lot of time and energy in education of yourself and the team what why like what what sits behind that like is it is it just something you're interested in or is there a fundamental belief that if you can you know warp and mess with their minds they'll stay longer like what what why it's a it's a great question um and it does make me reflect slightly probably the best way of explaining it I suppose is I yeah no when I went back going back to college I did a, a sort of thesis on culture I'm not quite sure why I did it but I was always more interested in the people than the actual product but I guess I had a bit of an early uh, onset of middle-aged crisis 10-12 years ago and I was thinking oh I need to you know I need to get out of the business and do something new or whatever else um, but my, my motivation actually was to change the way I was doing things and what what I mean by that is um, I started to look around at how we run how we run the business and um, who was involved in it and uh, if you like the business system and what what struck me was that I'd 10 years ago probably stopped trying to develop myself um, and that was where a degree of staleness came from so immediately I jumped into you mentioned this crucial conversation I I decided to go out and, and learn a little bit more about myself. Um, and that curiosity uh, grew quite quickly into uh, realising that everyone has a, um, a journey to go on and engaging with 
people on that journey was a, in itself a fascinating thing to do. Um, I started to engage a bit more on my journey, which involved many of the other people in the business. And I suddenly realised that uh, that's where my interest lay. It was actually not in engineering, not even in customer service, really, but actually people, why they did what they did, how, what motivated them, what their purpose was, all these sort of things. And in, in digging a bit deeper into that, I became, uh, you know, I found that fascinating. I, you know, that just uh, lit my fire. So whether that was latent in the first 15, 20 years of business, I don't know, but I, I came to recognize it in the last decade. And I, sp- I suppose in the last decade, I've just majored on that. Uh, realizing that the more I invest in people, the more interest I showed in them, the more I got back. So I'm not even sure that answers the question, but it, it's it been a journey for me um, and a realization that I am fascinated in the behavior of people. It's a bit of a dull midlife crisis, though, isn't it? I, I think it was, it's right. You know, I sort of, when you start thinking about what am I going to do with myself, uh, it does make you ask a few questions. Um, well you could have so you I could just, have bought a Porsche you could have bought yourself a new push bike that way you might have been able yeah, to keep yeah. up as well up the mountains but anyway you know yeah. in terms of longevity and sustainability you're looking well on it so I think uh, and I, I think you know I, I I jest a little bit because I you know after the beginning because I'm talking to people that I know on this podcast right but I think yeah. what I've discovered is the people that are interesting to me are the ones that are probably not taking the traditional standard route and like I say for your business and having worked with you recently, you know, just to get the sense of what you're doing and the investment you make is kind of fascinating because, you know, most small businesses are just not on their radar. And, and I also knew that you, for me, were going to be an excellent kind of test case, right? Because when this, when the box appeared from the, you know, from the, the mountain and I turned the rambling. up. And I, remember, <laughs> and, I really, and I remember sending it to you. And, and it's really interesting because, you know, I'm probably like you, you Blake knows, you know, confident person doing what I do. But when you go into these new ventures, you don't know, do you? So it was always a bit of like send and go, go through. And I knew you were going to be brutally honest with me. So, I mean, let, let's talk about our experience with the box because I've, I've learned so much by working with you guys and just how we approached it. I mean, why is something like the box of interest to you, to you and the team? Like, what, what's, what do you think it does? So I think it's worth just reflecting on the fact then um, that you know, we've been on a number of bike rides together. And increasingly over the years, when, I've been, when you've been over here and we've been out on a bike, you and I got quite excited about talking about people and people's behaviour and all this sort of stuff. And I must admit, I was impressed let's say slightly surprised when you actually launched this product um because i thought to a degree it might just be hot air so i was very taken with that um i thought okay good then at the very least i can do is test it out and when i went on to it and i I did literally i played on it i thought this is asking terrific questions in a very compelling way and interestingly enough for me, um, I, although I talk about this and read about it and discuss it with my leadership team, I'd never actually delivered, if you like, or facilitated any of the sort of conversations that stem from the box. Um, and I had, uh, and when I had tried to have those conversations with people, I found it slightly difficult. Um, as soon as I engaged and, and, and played around with your uh, your box, as it were, I found it, it gave a language, it gave a context, um, which enabled conversations. Uh, I know you're very keen on opening up the, 
the conversations about growth mindset and leadership with, with everyone, not just the select entitled few. Um, and I thought Ben is, Ben is definitely onto something here because of the, of the if you like, the, the language you'd chosen and the context you'd created there. But I didn't know that, I've always found it difficult to know whether people are fully going to fully engage in the same way that you and I did, Ben, with real passion about behaviour and leadership and all these sorts of things. I felt when we talked about it, if I'm honest, if people overheard us talking, they'd probably think we're slightly geeky. <laughs> um and therefore, okay, I think this is fantastic. Who am I going to try it with? Now, do you recall I didn't ask my management team to have a go at it? Yeah, that was a stroke and of I, genius. I got I owe I, you so much yeah, for that. That was. I think I've been burnt a couple of times with uh, what senior leaders think is they regard as a, a soft subject, which is people, but it's a bloody hard subject. And I thought I don't want to put it in front of people who. I don't know, don't have the time or don't have the open-minded approach to really test it. And I just, it's slightly serendipitous in that we have a group of, I don't know, 25 to 30-year-olds who are who were and are relatively engaged in the business. And I thought would be open-minded to try in the box with nothing to lose. Um, and we were, when we engaged, what was it, a group of about eight or nine people yeah. to just come along and be our guinea pigs. We, we found very quickly we were pushing against an open door, weren't we? And for me... I think, I, well, I tell, you what, I tell you what made me laugh is you, you were kind of like, and I never said it to you at the time, but you were kind of like surprised that they actually were getting into it. And I think you kind of alluded. They were like, oh, actually, this works. And I, I wasn't surprised, but it's always a bloody relief. But you know what? I, for, I think I was I was delighted. <laughs> oh, dear little fame. I was, <laughs> yeah. No, I was delighted because it's almost I didn't realise it, but I've been searching for one a way of engaging people who, I mean, you've got to remember these these this crowd have they don't have no sense of entitlement. They didn't come with degrees. They hadn't. Uh, they weren't brought up to believe they were going to lead or anything like that. Which I think actually means they're. Um, more willing to listen and more willing to engage. But it did strike me that this actually, the box gave them an opportunity to genuinely reflect on what their values were, you know, what their purpose was, what was important to them in life. And it opened their eyes. I suppose so I was really pleased that they engaged, but I was much more excited by how they reacted and what it then um, did for them in terms of their just their, their their thoughts about the future and the fact that they could be more proactive and take ownership of it and you know it, it changed it enhanced the culture very quickly particularly of that group of people but also their influence in the business and I think it was quite stark actually um and that made Bloody me very excited. That's, yeah, no, it's I, interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because, it, like I said, and I think it's difficult for people to think it's like, and it was, it was, a, for me, it, well, again, I'll put it back and say, I think it was some of the leadership that you showed around it. And the fact that, you know, we got on and had some chats and we had some very open, frank conversations. So when we spoke to Louise uh, a couple of weeks back, you know, she said one of the things, you know, she's sitting at the top of her tree and running 35,000 people, but she talked about sort of the transparency and the honest communication and seeing the senior leaders having 
this kind of you know genuine approach and i think you know that's something that i get all your guys would say whether they you know at times genuine and, and brutally honest yeah, but yeah. i think when they get that there's the invitation to participate and then they kind of yeah. stepped in and look i think i think the master stroke for me and and it's this is why this is kind of fun doing this was doing exactly what you said taking it to a group of people that were kind of interested and then coming back to your management team because, mm. you know, it's, it's funny, you get it. I've had several conversations with other senior leaders and it's almost, if they don't understand or have that passion around people that you mentioned, they're almost looking for me to sell it to them. They're like, well, convince me. And I'm like, if you don't get it, I can't convince yeah. you. And it was so funny when we went back and talked to your leadership team because, and this is what I've noticed, is that most of those senior guys and girls, unless they've kind of got the... They've all done stuff. I think the difference is what you were saying about your guys that are relatively, yeah, they've, they've been, you know, they've learned things, but they probably haven't been exposed to that, that training in a business context. So I think you get a bit of intellectual sort of closure. I've seen this, which is maybe a defense yeah. mechanism. So you were saying like, you know, I'm a 45 plus year old man that's sort of, you know, trying to fight or women that's trying to find themselves. But again, yeah. you kind of get them people closing out. So it was a master stroke when we kind of went back and said, oh, your people are enjoying this. Should, should you get it? And your team weren't resistant, yeah. right? It was just more about rather than, yeah, I've seen it. It was more about, oh, hang on. What, do, what can this do for me? In our great conversation with Lou, we were talking about one of the challenges, the barriers to entry for her, who's someone on the board, to the people right down below to see those insights that are like the people that are on the ground doing the work. You know, sometimes it's getting away the pomp and circumstance. It's using a minder, she said, like taking CEO level people down to the people right down at the end. And it's funny that you've almost had this epiphany for yourself mm. that's like, I actually know I've got a gut feeling or an intuition what I need to do here. And it's not to go through the leadership team. And Ben, I think you're so spot on because any executive, anyone who's listening to this, who's in an executive level or had executive team exposure um, at different things, it's the whole thing of being an executive is pitch me why, pitch me your mm. idea, why it is time for you to hear. And sometimes it's like, it's, it's, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a movie nut. It's a gift of giving someone a movie they've never heard a lick about. <laughs> they've, ne yeah. they've never heard about it. And you just go, here's a surprise. Take it. Yeah. It's yours. And, and that, that is something that's really striking. And, and I, I think you're really awesome to hear. You're both absolutely right. I, so 18 months ago, uh, um, I did let a couple of our senior leaders go and that had been building up for a while for exactly the reason you said Ben. you know they came with um, the standard traits of a you know male stale middle-aged whatever else entitled relatively closed mind and you did have to sell them ideas they felt it was appropriate to bring that skeptical mindset so this has been a bit of a journey for me changing that leadership team bringing people on who i think are more willing to listen and to learn and recognize they've got lots and lots to learn. Um, so when the, the box came along, I mean, our, our, the, the group of youngsters that we asked to do it at, at one stage did say, in order to follow through on this, we do need the leadership team to buy into it. Do you remember that, Ben? They were very keen. And, and, and it did strike me that, you know, what on earth are we doing as a group of leaders where they are wanting to develop, they are wanting to push ahead the, these youngsters and they're worried that their leadership team might not engage in that. But, you know, that, that stems from, I guess, experience. Um, so as Ben says, when we came to um, discuss it with the management team, we were really asking them to support that whole servant leader mentality. Um, 
And do you know what? They then engaged with it. And I could hear the surprise in them when they started <laughs> to have these chat rooms. And they said, actually, this is this film, as you say, is really enjoyable. Golly, you know, I just thought it was another whim of Tom's or whatever else. But <laughs> this is making a difference. But of course, it's so much more powerful when they were um, being nudged by their own team to say, I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, and that, you know, that, that that group of youngsters are now engaging in, in a different level of leadership development as well. And I, you know, they're, they're, they're quite a tight group going on a six month journey. Um, and that would never have happened without um, engaging in the box last last autumn. That's for sure. Sorry, do you get a return on this? I mean, it's because you are a businessman, right? You're not you're not a benevolent sort of, you know, well, you are benevolent, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's but it's not an. There's not an economic because a lot of people that would look at this and they think, you know, you've got a choice to spend money somewhere and what you spend it on. But but you can see the connection, not only between the one you're interested in and writing people, but there, there's got to be a business case for doing this sort of stuff as well. Or do you not think like that? No. Well, I, I think it's a self-serving uh, prophecy, really. I think, you know, the most expensive and difficult thing in any business is is, is your people. Um, the most influential and powerful thing in your business is your people. You know, we worry about a margin, a two or three percent difference in our margin, our sales price, or whatever else. But you know, getting that last sixty percent of discretionary effort and competence out of your people transforms a business. So why don't you really throw yourself into, in, into creating, giving the getting the very most from your people? Um, so this is all. This is incredibly commercially minded, as well as being. Satisfy, you know, hugely satisfying in a different way. I would say, you know, we've probably got four or five succession plans in place now, which six months ago hadn't even got off the ground. And those succession plans are, are sort of being led by the guys who've done the, the box I live in because they're now thinking about their future. They're now recognising they can build their own future whether it's our installation manager, Adam, or in our purchasing manager, Simon, or in customer service, Steph, you know, they all really came alive to the opportunities by going through the box then. Um, and, you know, if I were to go out and try and recruit the next generation of leaders, well, you guys know, firstly, how time-consuming, um, expensive, and full of failure that is. So to do it from within is so potent. I mean, it is, it is an absolute no-brainer. <laughs> so we've now, um, you know, our purpose at Alatex is to be passionate about all that grows. And really, for me, that's passionate about the growth of people. Um, and so we've now taken um, the number of elements of the box and we've introduced it into our induction process. Um, partly to demonstrate to everyone in the business and new joiners that we are really interested, really interested in their own growth. But also because if we can just um, get the very most from people, the business will flourish. So, you know, I'm very excited about what it's bringing to the business. You, you put um, me in a bit of a dilemma, Tom. You put me in a bit of a dilemma because <laughs> as I listen to you to speak and others might be thinking, my God, how much has he paid him to say this? And I, honestly, <laughs> I haven't. But, but, but my dilemma is, you know, I built this thing 
as a strategy for me to exit, for me just to go and sell it to the public, which I think will happen. I think I think there'll be individuals that will find their way and it'll help them personally. But I think what I've connected with, and, it, and it's not, you know, for me, it's it's about then the work I've done with you guys. And again, it was, it's not a huge amount of work, right? It was all done remotely. But that connection and that conversation of being able to facilitate and be part of that is kind of critical. And I think for me, yeah. in terms of the business, you know, whether it's the box or any other development processes that people are looking at I, I think this capacity and Louise spoke about it again and I think you've talked about it as well this idea of context you know if if you've got the context right so if we've got and we're serious about you know the values and we're passionate about all that grows and which you are serious about it and people don't just see that as as statements on a wall that they ignore and then you bring people in whether it's people like me or yourself or others that have these conversations but the context is there i.e we want mm. you to help yourself. And by the way, we, we will invest in you. Then I think these tools are, are incredibly useful. My, my, my challenge is, and this is my other worry, is that it goes back to what we're saying. You know, if you don't have leaders that get this and understand this and enable it, you almost wake people up. And then they yeah. went to the point where they think, well, why should I stay? It's almost I can almost see that this almost can be a, a talent exit strategy, because if companies don't back it up and don't support it. All you do is give people the tools to realize they're working for a shit company. And of course, that's what I want to do. I want Alatex to thrive because everyone else is realizing that the businesses they're working for are hollow and superficial. No, you know, it does. It definitely, if you do this, the, the team or the employees or the, the staff that go through it will say, do you know what? I'm in for this. I'm up for this. I'm engaged. So give me a platform. Give me an opportunity, um, which does bring with it challenges. But it's I, I think that's what you, you're in business for, to take it forward. Um, you know, we, we have we are essentially trying to say that we're very authentic about our purpose. Um, and I live in daily fear that perhaps we're not doing everything we say we're doing, you know, that lip service. So I want to see my leaders under pressure to develop. You know, we're very busy. We're having a boom at the moment because everyone's been at home and we've never had more greenhouses and glasshouses to build. But, and so the temptation to put people development, oh, we'll do that next month. Or, you know, each of our employees gets a, uh, you know, has a review every month to talk about where they're going. And I know I've got to stay on this all the time has been right up there in terms of the priorities. You cannot, as a leader, you cannot miss out on that half an hour, 45 minute with your individual talk about their development. Because actually, you know, you can make money today, but it's what really interests most business leaders is what's happening tomorrow, what's happening in two or three, four years time. Because that's the key, isn't it? That's where you create a legacy. That's where you create sustainability. Um, but, you know, the rewards are so much greater if you actually invest in your people and let them take the let them uh, drive the the, the 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 bus as it were, and that's what I'm seeing. You know, it's just the level of motivation, and obviously it's not all about the box. But this is what I I've discovered. I think is that so many people have this latent um, desire and potential. I genuinely believe that, and I only believe that because I've seen it put. Um, you know, give people a platform or a stage um, and make them feel good about themselves. And they really are, they can achieve extraordinary things. Um, 
I think there's a danger as a leader to think we've got there purely on merit rather than circumstance and everyone else deserves to be below. It's just nonsense. I think there's so much that we can do for people. There's, there's one thing I want to touch on, Tom, which is, and this is, goes to you, the utilization of the box and the way that you've embraced it is, you know, you say that everything grows, like, you know, we're invested in everything grows. And I love that because it's like, what you've done is, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but you know, you live in old houses, whether you're in Oz, or you're in England. And if you don't tend to a garden, especially like a garden path, that's been built alongside a piece of grass or a garden patch, the weeds will grow up and just break through concrete. And I feel like you've almost that is you as an agitator have done that in your business. You've gone, you've planted these seeds underneath this ceiling of whatever was stagnating for you and whether Mm. you did it intentionally or it was intuition. And you said, no, I'm going to plant these seeds and this is actually the way to agitate through because I'm not going to put pressure on the concrete from the top and be like the jackhammer. I'm just going to plant some seeds underneath you and I'm just going to let it grow. And, and I think that that's, that's, that's now the, the 21st century context that we're working in, which is. Yeah. um, It's a lovely, uh, lovely metaphor actually. I mean, I don't know what the future holds. I, I know what I want for myself in terms of general direction but I'm really happy to be, uh, you know, influenced and directed by many of the people in the business. Um, and you're absolutely right. If you can make the most of of that wealth of, um, I don't know, just desire and passion, can you imagine where you can go? Um, it is. It is interesting. If you have a big ego as a leader, I think it, it which of course we all do, it sometimes can be a struggle. So I, I have to balance the desire to take us in a particular direction with recognising that I really want others to, to sort of drive that. Um, and it's an intri- I think there is a discipline to make sure that you keep feeding the right seeds, as it were. Mm. Um, these things, again, it's a bit like cleaning your teeth. They don't just happen. You do actually. I think if, if you weren't sincere about what you're trying to do, I think you'd get found out. Well, this is, and this is this is where I get a little bit uncomfortable, right? Because it's it's you know if you listen to the three of us talk, we obviously all believe, right? And we do believe. And I think you know, Tom, what you're doing in your business is testimony to the actions that you put in as much about what you say. But you know, I, I, there's there's part of me that thinks if I'm listening to this, you know, I, I always like the black cat. I always go so cynical. It's kind of yeah. like oh, you know, because because we've. We've heard all this before, you know, it's like, you know, we, we're rehashing stuff, we find your passion and all that. But the three of us, I think we're some of the most realist, realistic, down to earth people I know, right? It's not like we've drunk the Kool-Aid. I mean, no. we could be as cynical as the next man. <laughs> as cynical as it gets over here. I mean, and, and so so it's really hard for people to listen to this to kind of, because because then I'm thinking about it as you're talking, I'm listening to you two, it's like, oh my God, i got a podcast now with about a bloody gardener and some bloke giving me metaphors about pushing up daisies i'm like i really should i really should be in a box yeah, yeah. um but then i'm thinking about it and i'm thinking well what's the alternative right because if you're just going to go down the cynical path and i think this is something i have to embrace there's something i have to get comfortable with is listening to somebody talk yeah. about like you did tom about what we've done because it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable and it's the same with you tom right i know that when your team and your staff come to you and say, you know, thanks for this. And they genuinely love it. It's, it's, I've seen you. It's kind of, yeah, don't, let's move on. But I think we yeah. have to get comfortable with the fact that if we believe this stuff, then we've got to be the cheerleaders for it. But I think the difference is, is whether you believe it or not, 
what's your alternative? Like, are you just going to sit there and be cynical and say it's all a load of shit? Yeah. Or what's your yeah. approach? Because that doesn't get you anywhere. And I think what you've said, Tom, which I think is interesting for a lot of people, which they don't have. And I think this is what I've tried to answer with the box is you've always thought about the next step and one year, two years, three years, four years, as I have. Now, you've traditionally done something. I haven't until after 20 years got off my ass and done something. But I think mm-hmm. that question of what do you want and how do you how does this play out? That's actually my favorite question at the moment with all my clients. It's like whatever we're doing, I'm like, how does this play out? Because if we're just going to mm-hmm. sit there and not do it, then it's going to stay as it is. But if we do change, then to a certain degree, whether it's our Kool-Aid or somebody else's, you've got to believe, right? And I, and I just don't think there's any – I don't have any other answers if you're going to run a people-driven business. You've got to well, get them engaged. I think that's the benefit of being the age we are, Ben. I think when I went a bit <laughs> stale a decade ago, and, I, you know, I did go through the process of bringing in what I thought were, you know, high-powered and – highly credible leaders um, and very quickly got disenchanted with that because they had nothing new, Ben. You know, they would talk numbers, they would talk strategy. They wouldn't, but they wouldn't talk about the the health of the business. And they weren't, they were so disingenuous when it came to their staff. Um, And I suppose I made lots of mistakes. And when I moved, when I moved on from that leadership team and went actually to talk to the people that I've known for 20, 30 years on the shop floor, putting greenhouses up. They, they, they were just crying out for someone who actually cared for them and engaged with them and took, not necessarily took them seriously, but just recognised their value. And, you know, I think there's an advantage, Ben, in, in going through the journey we've been on um, and recognising, as you say, the alternative is, maybe short-term gain, but there's nothing, there's no depth in it. There's no, there's, it's two-dimensional. And what we do, yeah, all the time we're, we're going on this journey at Alatex, I'm building relationships, genuine relationships with people who've been here for a few months or many, many years, people that we've known who've moved on to. I, I love it when people move on to higher positions in other businesses because, you know, A, it's a, um, a real pat on the back about what we've done here. But secondly, you know, they might come back and take us to another another level. But, you know, it, it's so rewarding in so many ways. Plus, I have to say this, you know, the business has definitively benefited. We've been around a long time. We've survived many crises. And um, I think that's because of the strength of the, the culture and the, the commitment of the people. Um, so I've got huge amounts of evidence to support the way we do things now. And if you like enough security in the fact that business has been around a long time to be able to take, and it's not even take a risk. It's to just know what works and stick to it uh, in terms of that discipline and that commitment. And I understand a 30 year old doesn't think five, 10 years down the line, but believe you me, if you're a leader at any age, um, those five, 10 years go very quickly. You want to, you really want to be planting some, some oaks and maybe not the daisies, <laughs> but, um, you know, some trees that outlast everything else. And, do, and the box is only part of it, but it's a wonderful yeah. part of it because it really opens people's eyes. And because you've always said, Ben, it's an invitation to play. It's not an instruction. It's nothing like that. And all I can say is my experience is that when people have, delved into it they were they've all gone ah, actually this is no one's really asked me these questions before 
even the leaders that I interview and I say to them, tell me about your values. You can see them stopping and thinking and saying, crikey, no one's really asked me that before. And that's pos possibly the power of the box. It's actually asking, it's asking questions that people genuinely don't, don't have those, don't get to be asked at any other stage. I think your point there around an invitation to play is probably the key. I'll go back to the fact that, you know, we're at a certain age in our life. There was this, when we're doing Blake, when we're doing some stuff with the team, because they, you know, they, I mean, they're not young guys, they're like you, right? But, but it was like, the, you know, the, um, what is it? You know, the Muppets, Waldorf and Stadler, those two old blokes up on the side. Because we just go off on these tangents. And I did wonder, yeah. it's a bit self-indulgent. I was thinking, oh my God, are we relevant enough? And, you know, and, I'm, and I'm, yeah. I'm always conscious enough to realise. But it was kind of fun because I think they sort of humoured us. But, you know, as we said, it, it was it was part of a... There is a benefit maybe in experience. And maybe that it doesn't have to be an age thing as well. You know, it does come back to the reflection of knowing who you are and, and you know, why you do. It comes back to my question at the very beginning, Tom, for you about, you know, why do you do this stuff? You know, it's, it's almost a belief, right? I mean, there's lots of people that in your position, yeah. and look, you, you've seen them over the years, right? You've worked with lots of different businesses as I have. It's almost you've got to believe that this investment is going to give you a return. I think some uh, it people... Is a, it's a faith, but I, I accept it's a faith based thing but i still you know if you don't do this what do you do when do you yeah, have those good, conversations you know there is you know you will not discover and you know 10 percent of what your your team can do or believe or want if you don't ask these questions and you show me another platform where you can um ask these questions in a positive inspirational way then have a chat room or whatever else. And it just doesn't exist. You can't reach that number of people. So that's why this has really excited me. And, and why, do you know what? We, we've got this induction process. So we've introduced it, this 10 step where we're introducing the box to our induction process. And now we're, I don't know whether we're, is it re-inducting everyone in the business? So by the end of this financial year, we're going to have gone through the box process with everyone in the business, kicking and screaming for some of them, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but we want, so, you know, doing these ultimate up to the reboot guide and then having just a 45 minute conversation in groups of four or five, it's just a joy to me because you go into it and you just, you have no idea what they're going to say. And the, the most, the most extraordinary people say the most extraordinary things. Dave Riley, who does our grind in here, um, He's very keen. Grinding. You might just want to qualify that. Well, that's grinding. actual grinding. grinding. Metal, real right? grinding. The metal. Yeah, yeah, real grinding. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he's 59. Anyway, it turns out he's a Quaker. And I, none of us knew this until we did this. And he is now, um, he is now engaging with some of the youngsters, talking to them about life values, all this stuff. And it's not terribly religious stuff, but they've started a conversation on the shop floor. Um, that I promise you, there was no other way of getting to that conversation. Um, and there's a real banter. And uh, I think there's a degree of respect growing between them as a result. Now, I don't know, where does that come from? Well, it looks like we've just been able to um, lay that, uh, give them the opportunity, and they're taking that forward now. Um, you know, and they have cool, tough huh? times out there. So when they go through those tough times, that'll give them a bit of sucker. It's great. It's really um, exciting stuff for me to see. Well, I tell you what, I'm I'm like, you know, I, I I think there's a couple of things. One, it's the right tools in the right hands at the right time, right? I think I think that's the other thing that we, you know I'm learning through this whole process. And it's and it's it's funny, right? Because you know, in this place, 
there's so many consultants and so many people out there that bring you the finished article and you know we've been doing this for 20 years and yeah i've been talking about it for 20 years but i haven't been doing like it like this for 20 years yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very open about this i'm on a journey and it's funny because our experience has been quite cool because people have been saying to me well have you got any reference sites so i said oh yeah i've been working with this crowd in the uk and i said and i literally <laughs> i have all these people like the senior teams and i say yeah what we did i said to the group the other day i said yeah we gave it to the people that really need to know this stuff i said you lot are not my target market and quite frankly you guys yeah. are most of the problem you're just the problem so the point is you've got to get behind it and i was said this yeah. is like recounting our experiences and they're all sitting there looking at me and i was like so yeah we can do it but your people yeah. will walk unless you get behind it so i suggest we don't do it and they're like is this some kind of reverse sales <laughs> technique i'm like no we, mate. we must have it we must have it i know but i'm just trying to say i'm trying to be honest here because i actually don't you know i'm like this is what i've learned and and it's hard for me because there's one head that i'm trying to be this commercial consultant yes i've got it all my shit together it's like i'm making it up as i go along like the next one but the point is making it up with the right clients who are interested in doing this and want to work to make it happen. And I think that's the other thing with this, right? And it's probably like you and your greenhouses. There is a process that we follow, but that process can be tailored and altered to finish a product that the customer wants. I think that's the big bit about your business, right? It's not just a formulaic, do this, say this, make this work, because leadership and, and doesn't work uh, like that. So I think it's- Everyone it's knows their culture. Yeah. So it's and how do you make this happen? I agree. And I think that's the- It'll, what will what, be interesting is the conversations you're having with CEOs and leadership teams to, 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 to if you like, introduce that into the business. You know, I do think you have to have a, a simple belief as a, as a leader that um, the vast majority of people ha out there have the desire, they have the willpower, the innate um, capability to move forward. But like so many things, they need a push. They need a platform. They need um, guidance, and that's all. Our, that's all we have. That's all we're here to do, really. Our job is to put people in their very best light, and then get out of the way. And this is part of it, because this enables you to have a or to start a conversation that uh, is terribly difficult in any other context. So, yeah, it's it, it's been. I, has it been revolutionary for me? Um, Certainly evolutionary. In of, in, evolutionary. <laughs> yes, in, certainly in terms of introducing the conversation in a way and at a level that I was struggling to do because I was doing it through the leadership, whereas now I'm doing it, if you like, bottom up, as, as, as Blake described with the, with the daisies. Um, and I think it's just so much more powerful. So, you know, maybe it is revolutionary, but. Maybe well, I tell you what we need to do. Let's 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 get you back on in six months and see if they've all um, if they've all outgrown you. You might be cursing. <laughs> they're all left. Yeah, like, what I'm just the a hell? Of a business. <laughs> they, yeah. Even worse, mate. They've all gone off to find themselves and living in wigwam somewhere. Yeah, as long as I don't become a competitor, I suppose that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, well, look, I, I can think, make you lots know, of I think, like I said, it's 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 an interesting conversation for us to have. And I, you know, I appreciate your candor on it. And like I said, it's, it's, I think it's been learning from both of us. I mean, if you were, and I can't resist myself now, cause it's like, you've done such a good job of positioning what we do better than I've ever been able to do. If, if you were to give another business advice and maybe let's broaden it, less, less about the box, but about this development, you know, any development that you put into the business, you know, or the investment yeah. that you make, what, what advice would you give to these leaders in these businesses? Like what are your top tips for, having these conversations or just embedding this, this kind of development focus? Good question. Um, I'm always reluctant to give advice <laughs> because it means you have to 
take what you, you think more seriously. <laughs> but were I to do it, um, let's say to do it uh, staring in the mirror rather than looking at other people, I will probably, firstly, I would say, before you start anything, ask yourself whether you're serious about it. Yeah. Um, whether you genuinely believe that um, committing to the development of others is something that um, is, you have that faith. You said you have that faith. Because, and I, I say that, Ben, just because um, expending the energy in this route, if it's all just hot air, is very wary. But um, if you believe this is where you want to go, I think focus on your audience, focus on how you know, the people that you want to truly influence, pop yourself in their shoes and think, what works for them? You know, what questions, what environment do you want to create so they can actually talk, they can discuss without... So many people spend many years suppressing all this stuff. Um, so don't think for the eyes of the leadership team. Don't think for the eyes of the, the um, management. Think for the eyes of the people on the coalface um, and treat them with as much respect and, um, you know, as, as much respect and commitment as you can. And then say, right, how am I going to engage them? And if you did that, I think this, the box, yeah, workshops, whatever else, will just fall into place, Ben. Well, you know what? It's very interesting. I asked Louise the same question on the, the other podcast we did a couple of weeks back, and she said the same thing. She said, know your audience. She said, you know, she used yeah. the same concept around servant leadership as you do, which, again, probably okay. marks you both out as individuals that get this and just so also happens. But one's related and you're not really related, but, you know, a very close. Yeah. close. Actually, you were my best man, weren't you, as well? So there you I go. So best you are... I've only known you for 41 42 years. That's right. So it's kind of a delight to actually, you know, and, I, and, I, and, and the fact that we can have this conversation, you know, that really people are like, oh, so oh, really, he's, he's a the best. Pigeon. He's literally the best man for the job right now. <laughs> he, to is, pitch this. he was. So I imagine think, us having this conversation, Ben, 25 years ago. We'd have just thrown stones at each other and grunted. Well, I think we wouldn't have done anything with it. Well, you might have done. I would have taken me 20 years to catch up. But oh, I've been trying to do this for 30 years. And, you know, I've still, all I've realized is I've still got a huge amount to learn. I, I should have, well, that's uh, it. And I, I like the it. fact that now that we're at this senior age, we can kind of become like, you know, it, it, it's, it's your own kids never listen to you. Right. But others, you know, like the uncle that's got a bit of sage advice. That's kind yeah, of what yeah, I'm yeah. going for at the moment. It's like, who are you? I'm like, I'm sort of like your uncle, not the creepy uncle, just the one who's, you know, <laughs> the one who's got a little bit of sage. Of, occasionally he's worth listening to when he's not on his bike, yeah, yeah. but he's got a drink in his hand. So maybe, uh, maybe that's, that. maybe that's the new style of leadership we can both go for. <laughs> Hey, look, Tom, thank you for your time. I mean, one, it's a joy to, to, to chat. Two, it's also for those of you that are watching, a joy to see that you're sat in the sun after a long, a long yeah. harsh winter. So that's good. Um, I finish up with the saying, which is every time I finish up the podcast, when all is said and done, more is said than done. That's kind of been my my uh, quote. And the fact that you were not not even mildly surprised, but completely the surprise that after 20 years, I've got my ass and delivered something. It's actually made my night. And the fact that it's kind of working is even better. So look, I want to thank you again for your time. It's always nice to have a chat. Um, if you want to know who Alatex is, you're online, aren't you? Alatex.co.uk, check it out. Exactly. And many other platforms that I'm- Can people hit you up? About. <laughs> I'm sure. But uh, they'll have to do the research because I can't remember that stuff. Wonderful.
Cheers, guys. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers, mate. Stay safe. Nice to talk to you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. Bye.